2: Good morning to everybody and welcome to Coffee and Football presented by BKCW. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined this morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton. Guys, be sure to tell us where you're checking in from. We love to see that. we got lots to talk about today. I've
0: seen, I've seen Clearwater, Florida. I'm very jealous, Kirk, still. I saw Hillsboro, Texas. Here's a crazy one. I once took a junior college basketball visit to Hill Juco. <laughs>
1: Many years uh, I'm ago. sure that was as riveting. Well,
0: I mean, <laughs> look, look. My academics were a slightly higher than that. My basketball skills were slightly lower than that. <laughs> oh.
1: hey, tell us what kind of coffee you drink, too, by the way, guys. Yeah, we, we got away. We used to do that a bunch, and t- I, I'm sitting here in a hotel, and so I'm just drinking, I don't know, Folgers uh, from the hotel lobby. Uh, but okay. I, we got away from that a little bit. I love, I love hearing that. The, the. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun thing for us to do <laughs> hey uh, Jerry a lot of stuff going on yesterday I one of the things that we wanted to talk about this morning was literally the uh, the video that the University of Texas put out
0: yes. 32 days
1: 32 days the countdown until spring ball uh, begins this is the video the University of Texas put out uh, yesterday they're getting it they're getting after it guys
0: my uh, first, first glance, Malik Muhammad, you see the work guys are putting in. He's a stronger looking guy in his upper body.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, people don't realize this is what I was talking about the other day. These guys are still growing. Yeah. You, you know what I mean by that? Like, it's, it's very interesting. People forget that. And I have a, a a child that's a junior in college right now. Right. That's that. And you forget that they're still growing. If you just look at them as uh, individuals, you, you forget that this is not pro football, that there is a big difference between year one, year two, year two to year three and then on. They're still growing. Uh, and so I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it all goes. But I'm excited about the Longhorns, 32 days away uh, from spring ball.
0: I love Sark's word, obsessed. I love that oh, yeah. Yeah. So, here's the thing. We've talked about this. Um, and, by the way, somebody checked in from Tomball. Bobby, is Roger Vick the best prospect you've seen out of Tomball High, by the way? Uh, Roger Vick was pretty good.
1: Who for, was the quarterback oh, of that team, though? Oh, I don't uh, – Lance Pavlis. There you go. Yep. Um, the, the former AM. They both went to a the, no, the, the one that um, – they had a baseball player up there. Golly, I can't remember. Uh, that's that's too long hey but you were talking about obsessed and that yeah. that terminology what what you know sark used that and the the rallying client cry, cry last year was you know together embrace the hate then fafo uh sark likes his little monikers uh and all coaches do you know that i mean so this is going to be interesting to See how he he tries to tie it all in together.
0: I love obsessed. I'll tell you why I love obsessed, and we kind of talked about it. I've hit on just my thoughts on this. Texas got to the college football playoff, obviously, but didn't climb the mountaintop. Alabama has three guys come over to Texas. They got to the college football playoff, and they didn't climb the mountaintop. That I love the word obsessed. You they Sark is in this point in time in this program while they're still trying to climb to the top of the mountain. And they got close last year, but now he wants these guys to be obsessed with finishing. Finishing games, finishing season. Be obsessed with it, climb the mountaintop, get to the top of the mountain. Then after Sarkin, Texas does that, then the tough job is staying there. But that I, I love the term obsessed with this team. I think these guys have something to prove. I feel like they got just enough of it last year to, to realize, whoa, what a feeling it would be to finish this thing off. Um, so it's going to be tougher. It's a tougher haul for everybody in the 12-team playoff now than it was in four. But uh, you, you got to love, uh, you got to love where the, the program's headed and the way Sark is pushing these guys.
1: He's got a feel for it. Hey, two comments that just came in. I knew there was a baseball player, David Clyde. Yes, from ball went straight. In one year from high school to the major leagues for the Texas Rangers. You know that, Mike yep. Monroe? I did not know that. Guy? Went that was now that was back before your time, but yeah, he went straight from uh, college or uh, high school baseball. I think he played pro baseball in, in the major leagues at either 18 or 19 years old. Wow. I mean, he was a wonderkin. Um, and the other one that I saw on there was one of the uh the uh wide receiver. Uh, moniker or whatever, no block, no rock. No block, rock. <laughs> no, block like no rock. No block, no rock. for it. the
0: basketball fans out there, everybody knows Tom Ball High now because Jimmy Butler, that's where he went. When he was a little 6'2", 6'3", guy that was an average player, went to Juco but be- grew four inches, five inches, it became what you see today. That yeah. guy wanted to be great for the young football and basketball players and their parents that watch this show. That guy wanted to be great.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Hey Jerry, uh, talk a little bit of recruiting stuff. Uh, Tradarian Ball ran a <laughs> ten-five-one hundred meter this week. You 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 dropped some nuggets on on Texas football uh, yesterday. You went out to see Dorian Brew uh, at Conroe, the Nate one of the nation's top cornerbacks that Texas is really pushing. You t- had some notes on the offensive line uh, group that the Longhorns are recruiting, as well as some wide receiver talk. Uh, give us a little update on recruiting so people have a, a feel for what all went on yesterday.
0: Yeah, Blake, I, I think we have the video of Tradarian Ball. Yeah. Uh so the 2026 running back at Texas High. Uh what a way to go in your second track meet of the year. Now we don't know the wind. We don't know if it was downwind or whatnot. Uh, but that's a that's in the 10-5s right there. Uh Texas or Canada Game Day, which does a great job. Arcana game day, Longview game day up in East Texas. They do a great job with high school sports up there. Uh, so shout out to them. I met those guys when I was at Pleasant Grove a couple of weeks ago, but uh, three hours after this 10-5 Georgia offers, that's the way this stuff goes on social media now. <laughs> I mean, he already had 30 offers, right? I think Texas is in a pretty good spot for Tradarian Ball. Um, but uh, Georgia comes in and offers, right? That, hey, And he should get a Georgia offer after running 10-5 at 5'10 and at 5'11", 185 pounds. Let's be clear. So the 2026 running back class in Texas is extremely talented. KJ Edwards at Carthage is very good. Obviously, Racing Guillory committed to Texas. Texas will take two running backs in 2026. Um, I don't think any of them are going to physically look like Jarrett Gibson. If you haven't seen that photo on Instagram, geez. Woo-hoo. Boys, Jarrett Gibson going to be 5'9", 220-pound little rolling ball of butcher knives, man? I mean, that's what that guy's going to be. But that was at Conroe High yesterday. Watch Dorian Brew, a little track workout. Watch their football workout. I actually posted uh, on on ontexasfootball.com about a couple other guys. They have an edge kid named Jaden Ramos in 2025, K-State and Pitt offered. And somebody was asking in the chat yesterday, uh, asked CJ and I, who is a senior riser? Who's a guy that could rise in this class? I just happened to see a guy yesterday. I mean, he dunks it all over the place in basketball. He's 6'5 with 10 half inch hands. He's 225 pounds now because after basketball, he was 240. But watch out. Now, watch out for Jaden Ramos as a senior because a lot of colleges are going to come through to see Dorian Brew in the spring. Uh, on Dorian Brew, I look, at Texas, LSU, Ohio State, uh, USC, Oregon. Those are your five. I think Texas is in a pretty good spot, but still a ways to go in this recruitment. It uh, could end June, could drag out till July. Um, you know, his father uh, will be track hall of famer if he's not already at LSU. He went to Klein Forest High School. Mom's already in the athletics hall of fame, track hall of fame at Ohio State. Um, he did visit. USC the weekend after Texas. He went out there for Junior Day on January 27th. He's also been to LSU. Uh, Corey Raymond came by the school when he was hired back at LSU and is all in there. Uh, Tosh Lupoy is recruiting him for Oregon. So this is a recruitment that has all your heavy hitters in it. Uh, so Star- Sarkeesian flew in in a helicopter with Blake Gideon. Blake Gideon and Terry Joseph talked to Dorian Brew Wednesday. Obviously, you have Ohio State. Ryan Day came through and his staff. USC Lincoln Riley was by the school. His DeAnton Lynn, the D.C., is from the state of Texas. Um, But, you know, I think LSU may end up being a little bit more of a player in in this than we thought early on uh, because it looked like Ohio State, Texas. Um, He still likes Ohio State. I I don't think they're totally out of it, but uh, they've slipped a little bit with two DBs. Um, committed there who are five-star corners but he, he's still listening in Ohio State obviously but those are your schools Dorian said he'll get back to Texas this spring um, what's interesting is April 6th I think we've been talking about weekends how many weekends Texas will have this spring where they have prospects I'm adding April 6th to that list because there's already April 20th spring game and I'll start last and go back April 20th spring game we know Michael Terry, Ricky Stewart have already said they're going to be in that weekend, but there will be tons of other guys. Uh, it's just track and camps and everything you got to work through to get those visits finalized. And as Bobby mentioned, Oklahoma and and have spring games the same day as well as other SEC teams. So that is spring game day. Uh, but so then April 13th, 14th, Major Preston, a four-star DB out of IMG in Virginia, he's visiting. But April 6th, I think, is going to end up being a weekend where Texas has a a lot of guys as well. There's a seven-on-seven tournament in Dallas that weekend, so you could see some skilled guys triple through on Friday. But I think John Mills, the offensive uh, lineman out of San Francisco, St. Ignatius, who uh, Texas is in a good spot with. He's making an official visit June 14th through 16th. I think there's a good chance he comes back April 6th for an unofficial visit before that official visit. Michael Fasusi. I believe will be in town with his family one day in this spring. Will that be April 6th? Will it be April 20th? Could it even be in March? We'll find out, but I think that visit's going to happen as well. Um, so just Kalik Lockett. I spoke with somebody close to that recruitment yesterday, the four-star receiver at Saxie High. Um, Texas very much in it. Now he didn't attend the January twenty junior day and all these notes are on on texasfootball.com. Go on over there, ask questions, whatnot. Uh, I'll answer all your questions, but, uh, Texas is very much in it. What I, what I learned yesterday about Lockett, I did not know based on through this conversation, father's from Los Angeles, mom's from Louisiana. So see, he's this is one of these kids we talk about. He's not really a Texas kid through his family tree, right? There's a lot more of those kids in Texas nowadays. He likes Texas. I think it meant a lot that Sark came out and saw him, even though he didn't come to the junior day. Uh, Lockett had told me last week he's going to come down. Uh, for a day uh, in the spring so we'll find out if that's march or april coming up but uh, texas is very much in the mix with lsu usc ohio state michigan and tcu for click lockett and there's some other notes as well and on texasfootball.com
1: yeah, Raheem yeah delane, somebody's asked,
0: fahim delane horn seven asked about him he's told me twice he's coming in in march or the spring he just doesn't have a date yet that's the four star safety out of only Maryland and Good Counsel High School and the top safeties in the country, Blake Gideon putting in work there. I think it's more of a long shot, but look, here's the reality. If you get enough of these guys on campus from out of state, you're going to find two, three, four of those guys you have a legit shot with at the end of the day, and you can get them back for June official visit. I think getting some of these guys to campus this spring is going to be so key for that next part of the process, which is June official visits.
2: He talked about that picture of Jarrett Gibson. And so, uh, Andrew wanted to see it, so I went and found
0: it. There you go. Ooh, man, dude, I'm just telling you, he's bigger now than he – I mean, he was 5'9", 212, I think, the last time I saw him in person at Under Armour. I mean, this he's going to be 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine and a quarter,
1: 220, coming right at ya. you. When I
0: say – When I say – when, when I say a linebacker blitzing up the middle – is not gonna shock his body. This is what I'm talking about. This guy's physically ready to play with a low center of gravity and not and hit that blitzing linebacker. This guy is built like very few freshman running backs. Are now he's 19, he's a little older. Who cares? I mean, that 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 dude's rocked up now. <laughs> Emmanuel Villafranco says, How fast is he? Uh Jerick, I, I would guess he's probably I'm guessing he's a four six guy, maybe four 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 five, five four five seven, four six in that range. Uh, now, somebody wants to see the Colin Simmons pick, which Colin his mom posted it, then oh, he reposted it on Twitter yesterday as well. So everybody wants to see that Colin Simmons picture as well.
2: Y'all are putting me hey, on but, the spot here. I'm hurrying.
1: Hey, well, did, let me let me do our advertising read first, uh, Blake, and then you can get to that if you don't mind, buddy. Perfect. Um, Go ahead. Hey, I, every Fridays uh, mornings. Coffee and football is brought to you by BKCW. Uh, BKCW is a business insurance firm that takes you out of the insurance trap by providing you and your business with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting. Operating out of their headquarters in Austin, Texas and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it and monitor your situation Throughout the year, so that you can lower your insurance costs and effectively manage your company's risk. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas escape the insurance trap. And it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to bkcw.com or send an email to info at bkcw.com to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. Thank you BKCW for your ongoing sponsorship. They do all kinds of businesses by the way, including uh publishing businesses like on Texas football. <laughs> all right, I found it, guys. There you go. Yeah, that's that's
0: what 20 15 20 pounds in a short amount of time uh looks like. I mean, look, we we kind of t- I talked about this and I'm sure CJ talked about it. for anybody that was down at the Under Armour All-America game, <laughs> Um, Colin was bigger in his upper body than I, I think when you see six two, six two and a quarter, two fifteen, two twenty listed. It's sometimes it's hard to kind of visualize what that looks like unless you see a kid up close. But w- one thing I'll tell you is he was already getting defined in his upper body. He looked stronger to me in his upper body in December at the Under Armour game than he did when he committed the Texas. There's a somebody posted a photo of both those next to each other on online, I don't know who it was. Um, Colton, no deer antler spray. This isn't the PGA Tour in the 90s, <laughs> but that's pretty funny. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's carrying – I think he's adding a lot of weight in his legs from what I can tell. He's adding a lot of muscle strength, weight in his legs and continuing to build out that chest and those arms. He's going to be a 6'2 and a quarter, 255-pound uh, blur coming off the edge for the Longhorns, man. Y'all are going to love watching this guy play.
2: Hey, we have a, a super chat from Michael Schuller that I want to read real quick. Uh, and Michael, thank you, Michael. He says, Enjoy Philly, Bobby. I'm from there and just moved to Austin. If you need any food or cheesesteak recommendations,
1: let me know. I need, you know what I need? I need a pizza recommendation for tonight, if you don't mind, because I'm taking my daughter and two of her college friends uh, to the Palestra, Jerry. Uh, we're going to go watch some, high, some college basketball at the awesome. Palestra with you. If you're a college basketball fan, like a old school one, that's where the Big Five used to play. Uh, they call it the Big Five. So, uh, Villanova and St. Joe's and Penn, Drexel, and Drexel and. all played in this uh, building, and they played out of state. Temple was another one. Yep. Um, and so, long story short, uh, I'm going there. I've never, uh, been, I've been, I've been in the the arena, but I've never been to a game. So I'm doing that with my my daughter and uh, two of her friends. But I need a pizza place if you don't mind that's somewhere around that I could take them to after the game a little by, by the way
0: as a big college basketball fan I'm jealous I think Philadelphia is the best city for college basketball because of what Bobby just said I mean just think about the Villanova you can go you could go watch college basketball in multiple Division one levels I mean, there's some tremendous low low major game, lower D1 games than mid major, and then you got the high major with the Big East and Villanova back in the day, and obviously what Jay Wright did there. So unbelievable college basketball
1: well, city. Last time I was up here, Jerry, I, I, I showed you that picture. I'm I'm driving. Um, I'm dri- I, I rented a car and I had to drive out to a uh, outside the city limits a little bit, but it wasn't actually outside the city limits. They have little, little suburbs that are tightly wound, you know. Um, around the city center. And I'm driving just down this innocuous road. And out of the left corner of my eye, I see this old school high school. And it's over, it's called Overbrook. Right. And I, I immediately realized because I'm a I'm a sports trivia nerd and you know, followed all that stuff growing up. That's Wilt Chamberlain's high school. Wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, dude, that <laughs> it's just out of nowhere. Just I'm driving down the street. Oh, there's Wilt Chamberlain's, you know anyways that that was kind of cool philly's got a long uh, a long storied basketball history no doubt
0: yeah now you got uh, your king me king me good question 829 um kingby i was up in east texas last week uh went to see lance jackson texas high kilgore uh chapel hill to see ricky stewart lufkin to see zion williams uh made some a couple other stops which we'll talk about in the future there in east texas we don't talk about them all uh but uh Made a few stops in East Texas. Was out and about a little bit in Houston this week. We'll be in Houston next week. Uh, Then I'll be on the road outside of Houston again the following week. A lot of kids are out of school today and Monday. Um, So we're going to stick in the Houston area next week. Then um, go a little bit outside of that Houston area the following week. And the spring valuation period will be fun. We'll get out and do some stuff in Florida, Alabama, uh, Louisiana, all those states.
1: one thing we need to mention, I, like One thing we also need to mention that that we didn't at the top that is news, is William Gay, uh, yeah. the defensive back, uh, uh, the former NFL defensive back. He had been hired to replace Dwayne du- uh earlier this year in, in January as a off field defensive analyst. Yesterday he announced, or it was announced that he was heading to the Washington Commanders as the assistant defensive back coach. So. That is not abnormal. That's a step up for him, um, and so uh, congrats to him. He's off and around now. Who's who is Texas going to hire to replace William Gay? Uh, these are again. This is one of the reasons why I say this. Um, these people are got, just like Joe D. Camillus. They move every year. Pyam Sadat moves every year. Their goal isn't to stay a defensive analyst or an offensive analyst. Most of these guys now. For every Gary Patterson, there's like 20 guys that aren't, you know, really just looking to be stay in one spot and make 50 to 100 grand a year. They're trying to get up and start making that 150, 250 a year as a real assistant. So uh, that, somebody, that's what you're going to get.
0: Somebody asked about Tashar Choice in Georgia State uh, with uh, Coach Elliott leaving to go to South Carolina. Here's the only thing I'll say about that. If you're sitting back and you're at a really good job right now and you see, a guy leave the head coaching job there to go to be a tight ends coach at South Carolina. That kind of tells you about the future of G G five football. And in a lot of these guys estimation, it happened twice guys left to go to the Alabama staff. You go back, think back to when Chris Beard was hired at Texas, Rodney Terry and Chris Ogden left lower D one jobs, UTEP UT Arlington to come to Texas. There's a reason all these guys are doing this. It is extremely difficult with NIL and portal at these lower division one levels. I, I think that's a bit, unless a guy just said, I just want to be a head coach now. And you know what? I'm betting on myself, right? Man, those are tough jobs right now, Bobby. When head coaches are leaving (laughs) to be assistant and position coaches, give me a break. Yeah. And thank you, Juan, by the way, for the
2: super chat. And we have another super chat uh, from Michael Schuler. And he's giving you your recommendation. He says, <laughs> Angelo's in South Philly, the best pizza I've ever had. And then he said, also the best cheesesteak. It's a win-win. So there you go, Bobby. You got to go check it out.
0: Somebody's I'm asking gonna... Would Jeff Trailer do the same now. Nah, he makes three mil a year, and he'll be a big 12 coach in a year or two. Or Arkansas coach.
2: All right. Uh... He's, on, he's
0: on the path you want to be on. <laughs>
2: And then I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but the Michigan safety has starting safety, I believe, has entered the transfer portal. Um, I didn't bring this up this morning, and then Ty Abram just reminded me. But when did that happen? Boy, uh, I believe this morning. It was either this morning or late last night, but I'm pretty sure it came out very early this morning.
1: Wow. I look if that's starting to trickle. Let that damn open. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, if you're a Texas fan, and by the way, uh, you know, it, it, obviously Texas would be interested in the defensive tackles. Will Johnson, the corner, is, you know, a tremendous, tremendous player. Uh, the safeties at Michigan, very good. Their defense was loaded. Let's just, you know, uh, talk about that. Uh, Jerry, I, I do have to go back and talk to you about Dorian Brew. Uh, his mom at Ohio State in the Track Hall of Fame, his dad in the Track Hall of Fame, at LSU sounds like he needs to cut out and make his own way to Texas. I'm just being, I'm just being.
0: And add add more to that. They both ran professionally. The dad has uh, bronze and silver medals from the Olympics, right? The dad's the track coach at at Conroe. Um, He was there yesterday. He still looks like he could run a quarter at about 46, honestly, Uh, (laughs) even at 50 years old or whatever he is, uh, 46 maybe. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, what what's interesting about the build of Dorian Brew physically is he's thicker than his dad. When you see when you see his dad and you see that professional track athlete, you know, Dorian's 6'2, 6'1 and a half, 6'2, 197, 200 pounds right now. Now he'll drop some of that in track because he's not a basketball guy. So he goes to football offseason then track. Uh, but he's a guy who with the with the long arms he has and that frame, I think he's gonna be six two around 210
1: one day. Hey, I gotta pull this up, guys, real quick. Jay Dobbs. I was a freshman at UT when David Clyde was drafted by the Rangers. That's the the pitcher that we were talking about from Tomball. At UT, it was the final year for Clark Field, and Paul Molitor and Dave oh, Winfield wow. played for Minnesota. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's got to be a. I mean, look, those are two. Aren't those are both of those guys in the oh, Hall yeah, of Fame? Hall
0: of Fame. Well, and Dave Winfield. We. I mean, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. Dave Winfield, are those the three guys like the best all-around athletes? I mean, Dave Winfield was drafted in three professional sports, if not four. I'm not sure. I mean, hockey, right? Baseball, football, basketball. They were all the highest pro levels he was drafted at. But, I mean, that's a record that will never be tied or broken.
1: It's very interesting. So my, my great uncle, this is crazy, my great uncle was the pitching coach the Milwaukee Brewers back in the 70s and early 80s um and so I got to know some of those guys like not only Paul Molitor but Robin Yount uh Cecil Cooper guys like that they were you get a real appreciation hanging out how good athletes those guys are when you hang out and just watch them doing normal silly stupid stuff not necessarily on the baseball field of play where you know they're Oh, they're they're these hyped up athletes that have can you get a, a sense of just how that the, the ha, ha, hand eye coordination of them the I mean they it's like you know when when Shane Bouchelle used to play ping pong yes. against other players mm-hmm. you'd get these guys out there and they could go play ping pong right now and beat everybody I mean it's just it's it's kind of you get appreciation of just how good of an athlete's pro pro baseball players and pro players in general are, right? Not just. Yeah. baseball. We
0: talked about this guy. Uh, we won't bring up the video, but I mentioned Jet Surratt, the 2026 quarterback at Carthage, oh. Scott Surratt's son. I was up with the coach Surratt and Jet last week, I actually watched Jet play nine holes of golf. When I say to Bobby's point, there's a video his mom posted. He went out to the David Toms uh, facility in Shreveport, where Toms is from. He For the golf guys, goth nuts out there, his ball speed at 16 years old was 198.7 Wednesday. His club head speed, 133. That equals 365 off the tee. So, like, he, right at 16 years old, and he shot a couple of 65s this year on 7,100-yard courses. So to Bobby's point, man, these guys, like this guy's got a real future in golf. For the golf nuts out there, those numbers will mean something. That is more juice than Rory has off the tee and club at speed. That's insane.
2: Hey, I want to go back to Dorian Brew real quick, because we had a question on that from Ray Potter. Thank you, Ray. Uh, He says, do you see Brew converting to safety
0: down the road? You know, I think that's what college is like so much, is he has that versatility. Um, You know, he can be that boundary corner. In the right scheme, he could also be physical, long arm safety with cornerback feet, uh, similar to Derek Williams like that. I mean, he's a thicker kid than Derek coming out of high school. But when I watch Derek in high school at Westgate and then at the Under Armour practices, he had the feet of a corner, even though he was going to play safety. I see Dorian Brew that way as well. But Dorian Brew has actually spent a lot more time as a corner and could stay at corner in the right scheme.
2: Okay, guys. Well, let's get to some more questions here. And
0: uh, I wanted to – I got to
2: find it now because I just lost it. Uh, hey, hey, by the way,
0: while you're bringing that up, you know the, the most impressive thing Dave Winfield ever did, though, on a field? or He hit the pigeon from right field throwing the home plate. <laughs> Him and Randy nice. Johnson did the two craziest things you will ever see on a baseball field. <laughs> Dave Winfield was in right field in Yankee Stadium. I guess it was a, I think it might have been a, great, a single to right, and he was throwing home, and he he, and he hit the pigeon midair, of course. <laughs> I don't think the pigeon is here to talk about it either. Yeah,
2: and you can go find videos. It's like on YouTube. Or well, the Instagram Randy Johnson video.
0: pigeon literally exploded. <laughs> now, if you haven't seen that video, that's the craziest thing you've ever seen in sports. Yes. The odds of that happening, everybody's going to go out and buy Powerball. I've actually got a chance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, before we get into some Texas-specific questions, Tom Bregman, I'm mad at the fact Texas won't be playing TCU, Baylor, Houston, Oklahoma State, Tech. Why did the schedule have to change drastically? And then he adds on, I'm just confused on why we aren't playing teams in Texas. Like, why are we playing Louisiana, Monroe, and Colorado State, Bobby. I'm gonna let you take this
1: money. Money. I I wrote an article uh, before Chris Del Conte came out in the town hall on Tuesday and said uh, what he did. the The reality of it is, is Texas is not going to play Texas Tech home and home, and Texas Tech wants a home and home. Well, Texas is not going to do that because that means that one of their four or possibly three out of conference games are going to be away from home. They're not going to do that. And so you look at it that way, they're not going to go play Baylor home and home. They're not going to do an SMU home and home. They just won't do it. Otherwise, they'll get UTSA coming in. And so financially, it's a a non-starter for them. And that's why I wrote what I wrote, because I was told that Texas is not going to schedule uh, a Big 12 team for the foreseeable future. And I wrote that. And then a day later, somebody went and asked Chris, well, is this true? And Chris basically said he he didn't want to say, no, it's not because they're Big 12 school. But he said, no, because we're not doing home and homes uh, anymore. Those are that. That's why that's over, Tom. Uh, And so it is it is uh, about financial uh, security. They want to have they want to use a stadium, seven, 70, uh, 75 or seven games a year at least. Uh, so they can sell more tickets, get more people to Austin, etc. And you can't do that if you're already giving a neutral site game away every other year in the Cotton Bowl. That's one thing Texas has that nobody else has. They have that neutral site. Not I say I shouldn't say nobody, but very few other teams have that neutral site game every year. They're giving that away every other year, and so he can't. They can't manage it that way.
0: I'm and by done. the way, Lewis Gaines had a uh, – um, something he, he – he, I just want to say this, not about the Jets are at, which we covered. Could you imagine being a fan of Carthage and watching nine state championships and high school football in 16 years? And if, they, and if they had stayed healthy this year, they would have won it. And if they stay healthy in the next two years, they, they're going to win at least one. I mean, could you imagine being there right now and watching 10 or 11 state championships in a 19-year period? Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it's insane. All right, well, it's time for for me to tell everybody about one of our new sponsors, Chinook Seedery. And baseball season is around the corner, which means you have to have the essentials ready for those nine innings of fun. And by that, I mean sunflower seeds. They're a must when it comes to baseball, and Chinook Seedery has you covered. With eight unique flavors to choose from, you'll definitely find a flavor you love, whether you're taking them on a camping trip to the ballgame or on the wide open road. Chinook has crafted the best tasting sunflower seeds on the planet and their unique flavors are made from real foods and spices. That means real Parmesan cheese, authentic hatch chilies, freshly harvested deal, and a whole lot of, whoa, those just might be the best seeds ever. Whether you're actually in the game or just watching it, grab a batch. of Chinook. Find them in your favorite store or go online to Chinookseedery.com and seeds the day with Chinook.
1: Hey, they're the they're the baseball sponsor uh like give us a little breakdown longhorns start the uh baseball season later today that's
2: correct uh seven o'clock tonight and they got a three-game series with san diego and uh man right off the bat gonna be facing some tough competition san diego pretty good team a team that will most likely make a regional you know that west coast style team that uh they, man, they got a pitcher that, they, that they're going to start tonight that throws about 100, 101-mile-an-hour fastball. So it's not going to be just, you know, a, a cakewalk going into tonight. But, yeah, I mean, you know, just very excited about this season in general. Obviously, losing Luke Storm at first base has kind of shake some things up. But I, I think a guy like Tommy Far- Farmer that you'll probably see now uh, in the outfield – is a guy that you were going to see at some point anyway. So I'm excited to see him, Gasparino, some of these young guys. Uh, but man, I mean, just really excited. The sky's the limit for this team tonight, a lot of, or for this team this season, I guess I should say uh, a lot of potential there. It's just a matter of putting it all together and seeing what pitching, I think more than anything, you know, that's going to be the biggest question mark. And we reported on, on Texas football that, that, or that, they had, what, I think about 10 to 12 guys they feel great about offensively. Uh, so that's good news for the Longhorns. It's just, you know, what can they do when it comes to pitching?
1: So, so Blake, set this uh, aside. A lot of people don't follow baseball as, as closely as they follow football. Some some follow it as much or more. I, I know that. But my question to you is, what's, what are the expectations heading into the season for Texas in baseball? Are they a top-five team? Are they a top-25 team? Are they going to be struggling to make the regionals? Give give people a, a more macro perspective of baseball. Yeah.
2: So right now in a lot of the preseason polls, I mean I've seen them ranked anywhere from 10 to 16, 17-ish. I would say top 15 right now, just because of the the question marks at pitching, you know, and you know, I just touched on that, but that's really the biggest question mark. If they can get that all together, Bobby, I really do think a trip to Omaha is is easily attainable. Um, it would be a, a disappointment if not, if, once again, if that pitching comes together. And they bring back LBJ. Uh, you know, that, that's huge. The Texas staff feels like he's one of the best pitchers in the country, if not the best, already on the Golden Spikes, you know, watch list. So there's a lot of talent there, um, a lot of pieces that they have brought back. But it, as with anything, it's just a matter of getting it all to work. But, yeah, I mean, a, a trip to Omaha should not be out of the question. And like I said, if the pitching's there, I think it would be a disappointment for them not to get there.
0: Uh, by the way, this is the one time of year that uh, Randy McEvoy ha- may have the best job. He's in uh, West Palm Beach for a month every day with the sunset <laughs> and the backdrop covering the Astros on KPRC, too. Uh So uh, this he, he's got a great gig for the next month. I'll tell you that. He's got a great kick story, but for the next month is really cool. Uh, by, by the way, they uh, they he they interviewed Ryan for the Astros fans. They interviewed Ryan Presley on not yesterday on not being the closer anymore since Hader was signed for those Astros fans out there. Which doesn't mean anything to the Rangers fans because they're still celebrating. Hey, we're gonna That's repeat, good.
2: baby. We got a lot of questions about baseball being televised. Um, yes, Longhorn Network, seven o'clock tonight. I think two thirty tomorrow and one on Sunday. Uh, but pretty much every home game is going to be televised on Longhorn network. I think with the exception of TCU, which will be on ESPN, but Texas actually has more baseball games televised than any other program in the nation
0: this season. And so. by the way, then we will mention basketball for back to football huge game Saturday at the university, of Houston, Texas at U of H uh, you know, look, Texas is in hoops they got they got to finish 8 and 10 in conference. I'm actually going to write something on, on on OTF a little bit later about this to, uh, today. Uh that they 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 got to get 8 and 10 in conference play and I think if they do that with the schedule I'll break that down why they'll still be in the NCAA tournament. And
2: before we move on, Texas softball. I think they faced four top 25 teams this weekend. Yep. So, we got to learn a lot about them after they dominated last weekend against uh, number 8 UCLA all right, guys. Well, let's get back to football because we have a ton of questions here, and we'll just start at the top. This question from Antoine. He says, "Will the spring
1: roster be released in the next few weeks?" Did y'all notice? I, I think will go. Bobby, go ahead. But I'll say, yeah, I'll did y'all notice they started uh, putting out some new pictures on yes. uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter yesterday with uh, different uh, players and their jersey numbers, et cetera? Uh, Aaron Butler and Isaiah Bond were two that I noticed. Uh, some some good stuff. So I think that it'll be. It usually when we get it, uh, when we actually get it, is the first day of spring ball. They'll allow the media members fifteen minutes to go out and watch practice, and they'll give us the roster. Yeah. Now it may come out a day or two earlier than that, but that's the first day when they put it in your hands and say, "Okay, here are the new numbers. Here are the new everything." And that's when we'll we'll be able to have everything for you in one single place. They may do it a little earlier this year. I don't know what Thomas Stepp and John Bianco, the the uh, sports information folks, are uh, deciding to do at this point.
0: Yeah, I was just, I was like I, what Bobby said when when these kids start posting those photos Isaiah Bond, Aaron Butler, uh, Christian Clark, we saw Parker Livingstone. When those guys start posting the photos of them of their in their tut polo, you know the uh, ro- you know the updated roster is not far behind. Right. So this next question here uh, is going
2: to be from Forrest Eldridge. And he says, do y'all think we'll see an improvement from Quinn's fastball and fitting throws into tighter windows this year?
1: If he wants to make money, he better. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I, I think that's the – that there are two things left, or two or three things left that Quinn needs to improve on. Throwing the fastball and fitting into tighter windows is one of them. Maneuverability in the pocket is another quicker progressions is a third Jerry, those three things, tighter windows, quicker progressions, maneuver, maneuverability in the pocket. All of those things along with just getting better physically are going to be things that Quinn has to, to work on this year.
0: Yeah. For, for me, uh, you know, uh, it'll be discussed plenty. I'm uh getting stronger physically to fit the NFL profile. Last year was kind of losing the weight that he needed to this year is about getting stronger, getting that body, Bobby stronger. And then two, I think just red zone. I I think if he progresses from year two to year three, like he did year one to year two, we won't even be having these conversations. That's true. Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts.
2: Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition in the U S more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Uh, Jason Washington with the with the question. He says, "If you guys had to had to guess, how quickly will the incoming freshmen and portal guys be able to pick up on the playbook? I'm sure the offensive guys really have quite a bit to process."
0: Uh, he's right, Bobby. I think the offense, the scheme, the at wide receiver, at tight end, offensive line. DJ Campbell had a big learning curve in front of him. That's a complex offensive scheme with a ton of pre stat movement. Um, so that I think that offensive scheme is tougher to pick up than the defensive scheme, especially at the wide receiver position. That's why I think year two, you see a different John Tay Cook than year one, uh, because you're comfortable and that allows you to play with freedom. Um, so that, and that's what we've said about how good Ryan Wingo looks in workouts and things such as that headed in the spring practice. If he picks up the system fast, then watch out, right? But it does take guys a little longer to pick up this offensive system, uh, with all the pre-snap movement, all the all the reads, everything at the wide receiver and
1: tight end position. I'll say this: uh, it, running back. Yeah, <laughs> the running backs got a ton of pre-snap movement in Sark's offense. Um, I would say this: portal guys will definitely be ahead. Even if they played in a very rudimentary style offense, they'll still be ahead because they they've they've been there, right? I mean, they've had a year or two in a in a college system. They know how much more exacting it might be than a high school level offense. I mean, you did, you're you're going up from you know high school to college. You're gonna have a that and they've already been through it. It doesn't mean necessarily mean they're gonna be better at it, right? A Jai Hall was not very good at it, and he was coming over from, from a college program. But I think that Sark recruited guys that had that kind of uh, mentality, so they're going to be a, be okay with it. So I think portal versus that. The other position that I actually think has issues in the portal are linebacker, or not just linebacker, uh, not just the offensive side of the ball. I mean, but learning the system, linebacker and safety in college very difficult compared to pro or uh, compared to high school. If you think about it. Look, in in high school you could be Anthony Hill and just overwhelm people. Yeah. Right? No now bad. you got to worry about the pass as much as you got to worry about the run. You got to worry about tight ends that can run by you. <laughs> not just not just guys that you can dominate, you got to worry about taking on a guard. I think linebackers are really difficult. You know, one year exchange from high school to college and then safety. I mean, I don't care what you do. There's no high school offense that stresses a safety like a college offense will. And so you have to your, – your brain almost has to re, re-figure what's possible and where you need to be. You know, you could cut – you can take corners uh, – cut corners in high school. You can't cut corners in, in college. at, at safe.
0: To that point, that's why I think it's so important that, uh, that um, Xavier Filsomi and Jordan Johnson-Rubel are in its spring. See, Derek Williams, Think of how, just think how good he was as a freshman. Think about what he'd have been if he'd had spring practice. I mean, that that's a big difference for these guys at the safety position. All positions, but to Bobby's point at the safety position, I mean, I think that's going to be so helpful for Phil Simi and Jordan Johnson-Rubel and getting on the field quicker and getting up to speed quicker.
2: While we're on the note of the offense, Football Texas says, Guys, which SDC team has the closest offensive scheme to Texas, and does that learning curve hurt us some this year but help us the following
1: year? Uh, it's Lane Kiffin. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they are cut from the same cloth. Uh, uh, Lane may be a little bit more uh, of the wild card with with his offense. Like, he may – he he likes the th- – you, you think – Steve Sarkeesian likes to throw the deep ball. <laughs> Lane, Lane Kiffin has never seen a, a deep ball he didn't like. Third and one, let's go deep, you know. Um, but they are so similar. I mean, they the power run up the middle, <laughs> that's my <laughs> wife. Great. If she
0: just broke a commitment, <laughs> we're in
1: trouble. Hi, <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> right, there you go, Jared. Um, but I think Lane Kiffin by far, guys, is, is the one that I would uh, – Uh, be talking about here. The others that I could say that uh, are, are of uh, interest or uh, reasonably approximations. Go go ahead, Jerry. I I was going to say
0: somebody on the the chat brought up uh, Josh Heifel a little bit as
1: well. Yeah. He's more of that. He's more of the, the Jeff Levy style. Yeah. It's that. I think he, he does a lot of that RPO game is so heavy with him. So th- those are my my thoughts.
0: Well you know what was interesting is I, I talked with a, a SEC defensive coordinator when Sark was higher. And-, and I asked, and I just asked him a question. I was like, look, is Sark the best play caller you've gone against in the SEC? And his answer was interesting. He said, actually, he said, Sark is the best script guy you go against. He said, Lane Kiffins the best play caller. He said, both great in what they do very well he said so he said sark script over kiffin kiffin play call over script that's one secd coordinator but very similar offenses all guys have different strengths right uh he said sark script is he said er, he said beginning a game you know what sark does is gonna stress you more than anybody he said late in the game he said boy lane kiffin's tough
2: on that move to, S- to the SEC, Steve Booth asks, do you guys feel that Texas making the playoff and going to the SEC that we have gotten the recruiting bump that we thought we would?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll put it this way. Uh, this is why uh, this is an easy yes. S- uh, Cedric Baxter, Jarrett Gibson, DeAndre Robinson for a little while. Um, state of Florida. State of Florida. Uh, th- it was no man's land for Texas in the Big 12. I mean, it just wasn't an area you recruited very hard. You weren't going to win a lot of those battles at all. Um, it, but, you know, to get running backs back-to-back back years that were once committed to Florida State, and once committed to Florida, that had SEC offers from about everybody out of the state of Florida, the Orlando area, IMG Academy, Jarrett Gibson's originally from Gainesville, Florida, that says a lot. Then Derek Williams, would he have come to Texas? And academics did matter. But with all these moves to SEC, Arch Manning's a little different, even though nobody in that family had ever played outside the SEC, by the way. Um, He's a little different. Um, But, you know, you just look at the recruiting classes the last three years and you see where guys are from. And part of that sell is coming to the SEC. And part of that sell is these kids and these families know that Texas is headed to the SEC. I think it helps more than you can even imagine. And And I'll say this, on a Brandon Baker, out of modern day. I mean, look, he visited Georgia officially, visited Texas, he visited Ohio State. He visited more SEC schools than he did Big Ten schools. Um, He liked the idea of being in the SEC once Oregon had slipped and they weren't going to be where he was going to go. So even those kids out in California, Silas Bolden said it. He wanted to challenge himself against the best. Bobby, remember when he said it, "I, I, I wanted to go to the SEC. I followed the SEC when I was high in high school at Rancho Cucamonga because the SEC was dominating everything. Texas got a big, they've got a big boost from it. And I think it's going to be, it's going to continue. David Williams says,
2: Excuse me. I think Texas is a run-first team that has two running backs that could be the best in the SEC and at least three good running backs behind them. The offensive line is very good run blocking. They just need to block better on the goal line. So my question to y'all is, do you agree with that part about the two running backs that could possibly be the best in the SEC?
0: Well, it's interesting because obviously Judkins left Ole Miss, went to Ohio State. Georgia has two guys in the combine, but they got – um, oh, they got the kid from Florida who transferred to Etienne's brother uh, from Florida. Um, there were a lot of running back losses while well, LSU just had their guy arrested, but um, there there's been a lot of running back losses in the sec off last year's team. So uh, Texas is going in a pretty good spot, running back position, Bobby, I haven't broken down every team in the sec. That's actually a really good idea though. David Williams, just to look at running back in the sec. All the
1: Here, here's my take on that. Um the SEC typically has the best running backs in the country, yes. not necessarily the A1s, like they didn't they don't necessarily have a Bijan Robinson. B. John Robinson was A one, right? He's the best you're gonna get. Okay. And and I want to say this the right way. They have a litany of Roshan Johnson's Jaden Blues and probably the Cedric Baxter's. Okay. So I I don't think that Texas has they may have the best tandem running backs, but I don't think they have the best two running backs in the SEC. I'd, I'd be – I'd highly, highly doubt that. Um, the SEC is a very, very good uh, conference at running back in particular.
0: Uh, by the way, Patrick Page, 100% correct. Colin Simmons would not be at Texas if they, Texas hadn't moved to the SEC. I'll never forget, first time I would talk to him at Duncanville, um, he said, I'm going to play in the SEC. Period. And he said it every single time you ever talked to him. All right, Jerry, it's time for you to tell folks out there about one of our other sponsors today, Manscaped. Yes, it is very much that time, guys. And I'm pulling that up right now. 2024 is here in full swing. And that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tame. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for that trim or that clean shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. It's trusted by over 10 million men worldwide. And now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code ONTEXS all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball is dropped, guys, but don't drop the ball on your balls. Manscaped.com on Texas for 20% off.
2: Always a pro, Jerry. Always a pro. <laughs>
0: Does the lawnmower come and burn orange? No, but it should.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'd get a special edition one made.
0: Uh-oh. SEC with an SEC logo, too. <laughs> Break it out after every SEC win.
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. All oh right. Uh, Jeremiah Nisbet says, with all the new portal additions at wide receiver, how many receptions will Jonte have in 2024? And this is something I was actually thinking about earlier today, so I'm glad he asked it.
1: Boy, let's let's see what go. Look. Hey. Jonte's got competition. I mean, we can sit here and say, "Oh, well, he's the best of the best." You know, he's highly rated. He's got competition. Yeah. Silas Bolden has competition in Jonte Cook, in my opinion. Matthew Golden has competition. I mean, all of these guys—they've got competition, and I—I um, I, I think it's good. I don't know. I mean, I think thirty catches and up for Jonte. Some people are going to want to say fifty and up. He's going to be the replacement for Xavier Worthy. Is he? I that that's one. Look, let's talk about spring ball for a second. What are the positions you want to see, but, you know, figure out? Wide receiver, we know we need to figure that out, right? How is Sark going to actually use some of these guys? Where is Jonte? Where's DeAndre Moore? Where's Ryan Wingo? Vis-a-vis, everybody else, given he's so young, right? Uh, that's one of them. I, I want to see what happens in the secondary, too. I mean, I am. How are they going to play Makuba and Barron? Who's going to play safety? Who's going to play corner after uh, the top three guys? So uh, wide receiver and DB right now, to me, are the biggest question marks. And I think they have the tools and the pieces to, to create this puzzle or whatever or, or make the puzzle work. But who are those pieces going to be and how frequent to the point, to the question of how many receptions? I don't know. I don't know that Sark knows yet, by the way. You know, he's got to say, he's got to roll the ball out there and they got to go compete.
0: Hey, Jason Washington has another really good question on here.
2: Yes, he's always bringing the goods. I was actually going to get to it next. He The offensive line on
0: the schedule poses the biggest challenge for the Texas D-line. Even though they lost some guys, somebody already said Georgia's response in the comments, and Georgia has the most talented large humans right now in the SEC on the offensive line. Uh, they they will for sure. Kind of, I don't know what Florida's going to look like. Um, you know, I, I think uh, A&M's, that's the biggest question mark for their season uh, is the offensive line. Um, so th- that's a really good question. I think Georgia by far, has the is going to have the biggest, most athletic guys on the offensive line. Texas sees next year.
1: LSU LSU should be good with Will Campbell in that group.
2: No. Jerry, this question for you is from the Zachary way. Delgado Any news you know, on the punter position?
0: Not, no, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. And, and Bobby's touched on this, and I know I've touched on this, I'm, I'm sure CJ has as well. But uh, if Texas doesn't go portal in the spring. That tells you how much Jeff Banks, how high he is on Michael Kern out of STA. I think since uh, Kern is not here for spring, since he's a May graduate at STA, that makes Texas decision a little tougher there. Uh, but there's also a kid named Ian Ratliff. I believe he ends his first name. I watched him at Atascacita uh, when I went to, went to watch Cam Dewberry and, and, um, and, and those guys in high school, Obviously, Nate Kibble, and they played Kelvin Banks at Summer Creek. Yeah, Ratliff was an impressive punter at Itasca Sita. and he was a walk-on walk at Texas. He walked on at Texas, but I'm telling you, he's not void of talent now. That guy is a power five level punter. So it, it, it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Ryan Nelson, I said A&M's offensive lines overrated. I, I think that's the biggest question mark with their team next year. With A&M, is offensive line. I mean they. They were too much of a sieve. They got multiple quarterbacks hurt last year. Um, Their offensive line—I'm not going to say they're as bad as Texas was when Sart got here, but Bobby, I'm not sure how far off it was last year based on their play.
1: You know, they've been—they've had injury issues too that they've kind of tried to get through. Um, And you know, you saw—did you see the 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 footage of? I think it was either Sweat. Mur- I think it was Sweater Murphy taking the A and M offensive guard Layden Robinson to absolute town. Yeah, they they had guard issues last year as much as they had tackle issues. They were starting a true freshman at tackle late last year, Chase Basantes. And yeah. every game I tuned in on, he was getting pushed into the feet of the quarterback like within half a second. Um, He's a
0: guard player having to play tackle.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and and that and so. I don't know the answer uh, about whether they're overrated cuz I don't rate them very highly. No. Um would be my my initial thought the second piece of that guys is you know I, I'm I'm looking at AM and I'm actually I think you know what you get with their offensive line is is a patchwork right now they have some talent but it's patchwork. I think their biggest question is quarterback. Their defense will probably be really good with Mike Elko being the guy, but their quarterback, you know, Connor Wegman is a talented, talented dude. Like NFL first round talent. You can't stay healthy. No. Okay. That's an issue. Um, and so beyond that, I, I worry about them scoring 25 points a game and being competitive. That that's I'm I, I if I were an AM fan, I was like, wh- who is going to be our quarterback? Like, Two games in, you can't be getting injured. And if your offensive line is a sieve, to Jerry's point, how does that impact it? Uh,
2: we're going to stay on these uh, same type of questions that we've been answering these, these last few ones. I, I'm going to group these two together, guys. Isaiah Stewart says, which offense in the SEC will give us the most problems? And then Ray Potter wants to know what wide receiver group will pose the biggest challenge. So we'll start so I think, with
0: Isaiah. I, I think you got to look at the – team on the schedule right um yeah i mean that's what you got to look at not the possibility of who you could play um bobby may have a different answer but i'm i'm actually going to go with georgia next year because the returning quarterback big large humans on the offensive line the talent they've recruited that in that program um and while they may not have lane kiffin or steve sarkeesian there uh, i think the talent the abundance of talent with a future NFL draft pick returning at quarterback uh, is a big one. Because that's the one thing when you look at Texas' schedule right now is, one, how many first-year starting quarterbacks or changes at quarterback are there in these programs? Texas does not face – one thing about their schedule, they don't face the best offenses in the SEC. They just don't. If you look at this schedule, your Ole Miss is not on your schedule. And either, even though LSU lost a lot, they have a lot of talent over there it, it, on offense. You don't play the most talented offenses or the best offenses in the SEC. If you look at this schedule, I mean, yeah, Graham Mertz is back at Florida, but I, who knows what they're going to look like at that point. K.J. Jefferson's at UCF. He's going to be looking to beat Florida, Arkansas, and UCF in uh, in the swamp, by the way. Uh, but, you know, Bobby, the, it's not great. Offenses in the SEC on this schedule. There's better offenses not on the schedule.
1: Well, I think Georgia with Harrison Beck's going to be the best offense. They're the one. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the one. The question is who's the best receiver group? I don't know. Um, the one I, I will say this the best receiver Texas will face, or at least the one that will be um the one that will be drafted the highest is Barryan Brown from Kentucky.
0: Oh yeah, he's a freak and kick off yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he'll be he'll likely be a top 10, top 15 NFL pick. But does Kentucky have a second guy or a third guy to be the toughest receiver group? And I don't know that. Um, I will say that the best tight end Texas will face uh, will be uh, most likely the guy at at Michigan, not in the SEC. Uh, but Colston Loveland, I believe, is his name. He's expected to be tight end one off the board. In no doubt. Uh,
0: but, so, and by the way, Champ Bailey, OU will have, probably may have the best group of receivers. I could actually see that. Texas faces in a game this year. I mean, in SEC play, it's possible. Okay, Nick, okay. Nick Anderson. Well, who's great play. for OU? Who's Nick Anderson's going to play 10 years in the NFL. Okay. Well, he's he's good. Andrew yeah. Anthony's good. He's Coming not- off ACL. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh. De- 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 Deion Burks from Purdue, good pickup in the portal for them. Look, yep. good slot player. So I think they're, I think they're that that's not a bad pick for the best overall group receivers. Now they have a first year starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, this next question here uh, comes from Kelly Hyden, and Kelly asks, which game—Florida, Arkansas, or Kentucky—is the game that Texas should be most concerned with out of those three? Wow.
0: I mean,
1: who's, who's going to be up. Arkansas's quarterback, Jerry? It's a good question. Do we know? I, I think that Arkansas in Fayetteville is, you know, it has been a difficult place for Texas for ages. That, that's the um, answer.
0: You think, think so? so Just because of what,
1: where you're playing. But,
0: you know, Kentucky's interesting, but Kentucky lost. Well, they got another transfer quarterback in, right? They're almost like Notre Dame right now, portal quarterback. they running back from Ohio State, the Tranium kid, who started out – a good player, started at Arizona State, then with Ohio State. He transferred in. But they lost quarterback running back. They lost two tremendous players on defense. So are, all these guys will be at the combine. So I'm interested to see Kentucky on defense next year a little bit. I think Arkansas just well, because of – it's the Super Bowl for Arkansas. They're probably not going to be a very good team,
1: necessarily. But it's and Pittman's an- coaching for his job. Yes, he's like Billy Napier's. Right, Billy Nap- Yeah, Billy Napier's coaching for his job. Of all of those, though, I will say this: I think that Florida will be the most talented team. Texas sees they may be decimated by that time. Yeah, but my that's my opinion.
0: The Florida will be the most talented
1: team, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, they've got defensive line now, so get ready because you're not going to be able to run the ball real well against Florida. You're going to have to complete complete, it, uh, complete some passes.
2: Hey, Bobby, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell folks out there about BKCW and escaping the insurance trap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, Blake. Uh, each and every Friday live stream brought to you guys by the folks at BKCW. They're kind enough to sponsor Coffee and Football and help make this all possible. Operating out of their headquarters in Austin, Texas, and owned by a UT grad, BKCW, uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year so that you can lower your insurance costs and effectively manage your company's risk. Don't get caught in the insurance trap when the agent just tells you at the very last minute, oh, we're going to have to raise your rates. Instead, reach out to BKCW, go to BKCW.com, send an email, info at BKCW.com to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap.
0: I'll make a prediction on the second best receiver to Barry and Brown, Texas season next year, Eugene Wilson at Florida, phenomenal freshman. I saw him at Under Armour Camp in Miami for his senior year. and I, I'm here to tell you, man, that guy was like, Poor man's Jalen Waddell. He might not have been that explosive fast. His dad played in the NFL. And when I say poor man's, I'm, that, I'm, that's a compliment now. Eugene Wilson has high NFL draft pickability as, as a slot receiver. He's very good.
1: Maybe he'll be uh, with the quarterback at Willis playing for uh, Florida next year. I think, seriously. Yeah. Graham really Mertz is,
0: They're going to have to keep Graham Mertz healthy next year in that schedule.
2: Horn Seven wants to know, are you hearing anything yet about the fastest three to four players in the winter workouts? And then Kyle also adds, have you heard from winter workouts who are the fastest receivers?
1: Uh, Wingo and um, my understanding is Wingo and uh, Isaiah Bond right now. That's what I've been told. So beyond three or four, I don't know. I don't know that number. And this next question here uh, from... Uh, Wingo, by the way, may be the fastest receiver. Everybody thinks it's Bond, okay? And Bond is more physically ready, but just be aware of that.
2: Right, Jerry, this next question is from you, from Ryan. And he says, who in the upcoming class is your near-absolute lock to make it to the NFL, not just talent, but everything talent, Physi- physical attributes, mental makeup, etc." cetera?
0: So 2025 class, um, look, I think I'll be shocked. And Texas has to hold on to him. I'll be shocked if Brandon Brown is not an NFL player at defensive line. Just doing this as long as I have maybe injuries. Um, sidetrack him a little bit, but uh, if that happens, but he is so explosive and strong, naturally strong at the same time with long arms for, for his height. He, he, he's, he would test off the charts right now. Uh, Brandon Brown to me is kind of freaky. Um, Decorian Moore um, in that class. If you're talking about somebody, if that guy's not a high NFL draft pick, I'll be very surprised.
2: And then King
0: Me wants to know, Jerry,
2: are there any 2026 quarterbacks we should know about?
0: Yeah, uh, Tr- Troy Hun, absolutely. Outside of Texas, Texas offered their first two in the whole cycle on, I believe that was Wednesday. It's a couple of Valentine's Day offers, love me uh, offers out there. Uh, Troy Hun out of uh, Mission Hills and San Marcos has my full attention. Uh, Jerry Curtis is good out of Nashville. I think that's going to go. To Georgia, maybe Tennessee, Oregon's in there. His sister goes to Tennessee, but I think Georgia maybe have a beat on that, especially since Rayola flipped. Uh, but now Juju Lewis can affect that greatly in twenty twenty five if you if Georgia can flip him. Uh, but uh, you know, so Jerry Curtis was an offer. Troy Hun out of Mission Hills has my attention, full attention, guys. Look, I got I got to go see him in person, but just based on what I've seen and, and some questions I've asked people. I think he's got a real chance to go from unranked to that five-star level guy. Uh, Bobby, I I know you watched him as well. His mom's a basketball coach at Carlsbad High in AAU down there. He has an older sister that plays at Miami of Ohio. Um, Athletic family. He's got – kids got really good feet for a young quarterback. He's a first-year starter last year, but he can make all the throws. It's compact. You don't really have to break this guy down and build him back up. He is starting from such a good place. Uh, but hit the opposite field hash, deep intermediate throws are extremely impressive for a 16-year-old quarterback.
1: Well, look, Sarkis has uh, offered two quarterbacks in the 2026 class at this point. Uh, Jared Curtis out of Nashville that you just mentioned and uh, Hunt, uh, Troy Hun. We need to figure out if it's Hun or Hune, by the way. But long story short is he's offered those two guys. The one you're talking about is out of Mission Hills, Southern California, Orange County area. And I did watch him and he's tall, lanky. He gives off very big Trey Owens vibes to me a little bit, but he's a little bit more athletic than Trey. Um, And so uh, that would be that would be something that's interesting. What what you have to process and and put into context there. Those guys aren't necessarily going to make decisions next week. Okay. there's also this glut of quarterbacks inside the state yes so one one of the guys just mentioned from nashville and southern california there's five or six quarterbacks in state in that 26th class that aja Milwee is already saying i'm going to go out there and see you and kind of try to figure out what they want to do in the spring yeah. and so while they've made decisions on some out-of-state guys because i think they have to at some level the in-state guys they're they're going to go out and evaluate
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, And, and those names are uh, T- uh, A.J. Mill will, will be by Carthage to watch, J- watch Jetserat, Grand Oaks to watch Grant Smith. All these guys have power five offers already. There's a quarterback, Jake Fett out at El Paso, who's picking up offers, TCU, Baylor, people like that. Um, so he's a guy that's not even really on the radar for most recruiting fans right now, but he will be. Uh, it's a pretty good quarterback here in 2026 20, in Texas. So in uh, the quarterback wise that CJ went and saw uh, at Austin Westlake also has offers. So uh, Texas will do their homework on those guys. And to further Bobby's point, you know, KJ Lacey was a name this time last year. He committed June 3rd at elite camp. So I, I think you'll see uh, that 2026 20, class probably get started in a similar fashion with a quarterback commitment in June, possibly.
1: Yeah, the uh, quarterback out of Tampa is Will Griffin. Uh, He's a rare
0: guy that started in eighth grade on varsity football, which you can do if your middle school and high school campuses are literally on the same campus. So Will Griffin's been a starter at Tampa Jesuit over there since eighth grade.
1: Crazy. Does it not have a Texas offer yet, though?
0: No. All
1: right, last
2: question for today. And, Bobby, I think this one is intended for you. Your wife Jenny says, What's your prediction on Penn versus Yale basketball game today?
1: Go Quakers. I don't, I literally don't know the Yale record. <laughs> no
0: prize picks <laughs> for that, Blake. What's yeah, what's the prize
1: picks on that? No, I, I didn't
2: one. I did look, but I can not tell you the odds makers have made Yale a six and a half point favorite. That's pretty big.
0: That's pretty big. For all game.
1: I know is all I know is my daughter and her friends I hope they have fun I hope we go gonna try Angelo's pizza it sounds like afterwards so that should be fun yeah.
0: I mean Yale's Yale's a good team they're 16 and six and for people that don't remember they actually beat Texas on a basketball recruit two years ago uh, there's a freshman center over there. Uh, uh, Samson Allerton, who was at Lake Highlands, uh, Bobby, you'll get to see him tonight. He plays a reserve role. I I think he physically needed some time, but that was a guy that Chris Beard sorry to bring that up. And Rodney Terry and that staff really liked at Lake Highlands, he played with Trey Johnson, Texas offered him. Um, but he actually chose Ivy league over all those power five schools. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) Uh, before we get out
2: of here, Bobby, let folks know what they can expect, not only later today, but this weekend on On
1: Texas Football. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously, CJ, I think, is out and about this morning at a school. Uh, we'll have stuff on ontexasfootball.com. We're back at one o'clock uh, for a uh, weekend ender or a weekender uh, for uh, the uh, one o'clock live stream each and every Friday. Uh, Rod Babers will join us as well as CJ Vogel. Uh, and then on the weekend. CJ is going to reach out. He's done some research on the new NCAA college football game that EA Sports is putting out. He's going back and comparing where the best players were in Texas were ranked and then comparing where he thinks they the new players like Quinn Ewers and those guys will be as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. He also has a special guest, uh, a guy named Bing that goes by the name Bingle that knows this stuff inside and out. It should, should be an interesting uh, conversation there I'm talking with Brian Irwin uh, the former two-time state championship coach we're going to talk a little bit about what Texas is doing uh, the coaching staff right now behind the scenes uh, to get ready for spring ball
2: all right, well thank you all for tuning in we need to thank BKCW Chinook Cedric and of course Manscaped for sponsoring today's show thank you for all the super chats uh, as Bobby said head on over to ontexasfootball.com join in the community all the good discussion that's going on over there. And then if you haven't already, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate that. So for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm i I right got on. one thing to say. Oh, go ahead.
0: 32 days away from spring practice.
2: That's
0: right. 32 days away. We're a month away, guys, from the 17 uh, members of that top six, five recruiting class, all the portal guys that are here, minus Silas Bolden. Um, More Arch Manning in spring practice versus last year when Malik Murphy was number two. Uh, I'm going to keep banging the drum until my drumsticks break. Most anticipated spring practice for Texas since
2: 2004. Wow. Wow. So we'll be back on Monday morning. So we will see you then. Hook up.